Welcome to the live Canadian talk show Chat 88's at 8 podcast with your host Curtis LaBelle where I share the power of new music in Canada and I interview a new guest artist from the music industry every week. Join me right now for this next episode. Welcome everybody to Chatting 88 at 8 with your host Curtis LaBelle. I am here at the Vinyl Den. We have our live audience uh, with about two people here today. <laughs> very exciting um, in our live audience, but we have people who are watching online. It's very exciting. Here is your Chatting 88's music. I have no idea what to say. I like singing the song anyway. Welcome to Chatting 88 at 8. If you're just a little late, that's okay. Oh, welcome to Chatting 88 at 8. My name is Curtis LaBelle, that's great. Oh, thank you for tuning in at 8. Today we were five minutes late. Oh, thank you for tuning in today. Okay, we have an abs. Thank you. Yay! Our live audience is on the screen. We have our special guest who's going to be joining us uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Maybe a little less because we've had to find some time for some technology here to make this work. Sometimes the internet is not on my side when I need it to be. So, um, hey, you just go with the flow is what you do. Okay, so today, um, not only do we have a wonderful special guest working in children's music um, and uh, a great colleague and friend of mine that I've uh, managed, I've performed with her, um, a f uh, well, I say a few times, but uh, more than once, definitely, and I very much enjoy this um, lovely lady, but more to her later. Also, we have our lovely um, record that one of our uh, participants in the audience picked out for today that we're going to showcase. But a few things going around. I definitely want to talk to you about um, Five Finger Dance. We had um, a competition for the artwork for Five Finger Dance that we did this past week. Uh, we received quite. Uh, we received a few. Now I say few, more than three uh, applications. And uh, contestants filled out um, the form and they uh, drew some artwork for uh, my new single Five Finger Dance that's coming out in two weeks. September 18th is the uh, projected date for that. I have um, been wanting to include the community in it because Five Finger Dance is all about um, saying hi to people and waving to people and uh, sharing your love through a wave. And um, so I wanted to involve some local or non-local individuals, artists, to uh, draw or uh, photograph uh, pastels, crayons, watercolors, and send in some artwork that uh, represents energy, fun, love, waving hi to people, embracing the community, and especially during these times of COVID right now in order to embrace as much um, joy that we possibly can. So I'm going to release the winner this weekend. Uh, the prize is $150 plus some other cool things. And your artwork is for life for Five Finger Dance. If you haven't heard Five Finger Dance, um, you'll hear it in about two weeks. I'm not going to sing it for you right now because I've been singing it an awful lot. Uh, so that's a Five Finger Dance, and that's coming out soon. So please make sure that you watch online for the winner of our artwork. Very exciting for that. Five Finger Dance. Cheers.
It's very exciting because if you watched our other videos, this is our fourth show. Uh, very exciting. Nobody in the audience has clapped before, so thank you. <laughs> Pardon me. Next thing. I'm uh, just random topics. Here we are in the Vinyl Den. Uh, Vinyl Den, located in uh, Red Deer at the Ross Street. This is the home of Lady Lavender, this lovely purple piano. And our talk show, Chatting 88 at 8 with your host, moi. Uh, Vinyl Den, if you haven't got a chance to come down to Red Deer, I highly recommend you do. And not only uh, come to Red Deer to the Vinyl Den, come down to Ross Street. There is amazing businesses on this street that support everything local. We have everything from, uh, you can buy your sage to wane off all of those ugly energies. And you can also buy a ticket to watch some music at the same time and have a drink. So it's really eclectic. And uh, the support that we have here in the downtown core of Red Deer is great. So come to Red Deer, support everybody that you don't know that you'll get to know when you're done. Something uh, in the other topic of things, I'm going to be going back into the studio here October, uh, first week of October, and I'm going to be working with uh, Juno-nominated producer uh, Mark Troyer. We're going to be recording a new single. Very exciting. I have some choices. I have no idea what to do. We were going to do Run, Run Away. Um, but I'm doing that with the competition. Oh, speaking of competition, side note, pardon me. My shirt from the top 40, from Made, keep the music alive, right? Especially what we need, what we need right now is to keep the music alive. Um, speaking of music alive, I think it's important that if as us artists, whether it be uh, vocalists, visual artists, uh, sculptors, any of the sort, any artistry, we have such a hard time right now being able to get out into the community because of COVID rules and there's different provincial rules where we are in Canada. Um, do what you can in order to make a job for you. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not making any money off of chat in 88 today, but I've definitely was encouraged to start a chat, a talk show. And um, I love it. I get to meet with people. Uh, we need... Um, to be creative more than any other time that we are creative, especially now. So that's why I'm excited to be getting back into the studio. And I don't know, maybe we should, I should put a poll up. I'll put a poll of list of songs that I haven't recorded that you, I can do it. That's what I'll do. I'll make a video of the songs and then you guys can do a poll and tell me which one I should record with a Juno nominated producer. Sound good? I think it's a great idea. I will do that this weekend after a, um... Nice, relaxing time on the beach. Ah, our guest is in the waiting room, so I'm going to get her in shortly here. And uh, But I just wanted to wrap up a couple things before we go any further. If you have, um, if you're watching and you know of an event that's happening around your area, your neck of the woods, it doesn't matter because these videos are replayed. That's the cool thing about it. You guys can watch these videos and hang out with me later on and, and uh, replay as much as you like. Please, please make sure that you let us know, um, and I say us, I mean the audience members, people watching, myself, um, where are you going to um, watch live music right now and how are you supporting the community and anything that I can do to help support that uh, through this medium, 
of TV show I'm most willing to do. So please type in the comments, uh, express your opinions, let me know where you are supporting live music so we can get that out here as well. And um, if you have any guests that you'd be like, hey, Curtis, you should interview this guy or interview this woman or this artist. And please know that it's not just to be um, entertainers. Uh, it can be anybody in the industry. I know somebody has asked me if I can interview some major wig people that are managers and producers in the industry. And I went, I can do that too. So any dish that I can scoop up and uh, spread your way, I'll be willing to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, next guest, Martha Livingstone. I, I'm not going to give too much of an introduction because our conversation between the two of us will take on the next 30 uh, five minutes to 40 minutes. So um, please put your hands together as I bring in Martha. This is exciting. I haven't talked to Martha in a long time. So here we go. Hi there. Hi. Oh my goodness. Oh, I got to start my video. There we go. Hey. Hey. Oh, this is so exciting. We have our audience over there. We have me here and we have you there. Awesome. I'm so happy that, that we can do this, Curtis. I love this. I, this is just, the, I, you know what? I, I'm in, I'm amazed at technology and how late at the game we are. <laughs> well, you're always, you're always at the forefront though, Curtis. Oh no, I'm, I, I'm, I, as Gandalf said, Martha, I just arrived precisely when I mean to. I <laughs> that's a great, that's great. Okay. So this is how this is going to go. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you generic questions and you'll give me a generic answer. And then I'm going to ask you more in-depth questions and you'll give me more in-depth answers. Pretty straightforward. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll get to some music. We'll go back and forth. We'll banter. And um, this is just so exciting. Thank you for doing this. I... Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So cool. So cool. Okay. So um, right off of the top, I wanted to know... Uh, hold on, my cue cards are all messed up. <laughs> How <laughs> professional am I right now? Because I was moving things around. Okay, here we go. <laughs> How long have you been playing music? Oh my goodness, uh, all my life, really. Okay. Um, what is your favorite smell? Vanilla. What is your least favorite smell? Cat pee. Cat pee. Good to know. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, just want to go back to the beginning of when you were a child and your mom. I just wanted to touch a little bit on your mom and uh, the legacy that she has kind of uh, left for a very large, large community. And uh, you have a lot of music in your family. And um, I just want to know what, um, if, if you can remember, Martha, what was the reason for your mom to do music? And then how did you end up moving into her steps and following her vision with music and children? And then Visionary College came out and then Performing Arts. Okay, so I don't know why my mom did music. Oh, I do know. She told me that she was really shy when she was little. And her and her sister were both in, in uh, piano since they were little. She started with violin. And she said uh, that uh, she went to her sister's piano lessons with her sister, who was seven years older. Her sister became a professional musician as well. And uh, she said she learned everything that her sister had learned, even um, though she was only like really little. And then by the time she started taking piano, she knew everything that her sister knew. And uh, she was really good at music. Like it just was one of those things that came really easily to her. And 
honestly, my mom couldn't cook, bless her heart, love her, but you know, she couldn't cook. She was not really, she was not athletic, but she could play music. So that's how she got invited to parties in the, when she was telling me that um, when she was in university and stuff like that, she got invited to parties because she could play and entertain everybody. Now, I just wanted to, just for the people that are going to be watching this, your mom's name's Frances Schuhart. Mm -hmm. And um, just um, take us to, uh, not to interrupt you, but take us to her journey into um, moving on with music and then where you came in as an adult, a young adult. Okay. Okay. So then she went to university. She was, uh, she had eight children and uh, she still kept music. Like when she was in the States, um, we're from the States originally from Oregon. And she played in bands. Uh, my dad played trombone and they played in um, uh, some jazz bands and stuff like that together. They actually met on a musical. My mother was accompanying and my dad was in the musical. And- uh, What musical so they, do you know? I don't know. Oh. I do not know. Darn. That's your goal. That's your goal. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I do know that they both played, they both acted in the Dolls House in university. She was, an, she acted as well. I knew that because I saw a program from that, but I can't remember the musical that they met. But anyway, so they played in bands um, all the time that um, a lot of it was to, to, to actually help pay the bills because they had eight children. And my dad had a couple of jobs already. And uh, so he worked at a radio station. My father was a, a program director at a radio station. Um, in the States. So they were really involved in the entertainment scene down there. Anyway, she played a lot and uh, all of her children, I grew up thinking that everybody played music. I didn't think it was anything special. I thought it was just one of those things that people did. And I thought everybody had a piano in their house. I just, if you go into their house and you didn't see it, it was just because it was in another room. And uh, I, my dad was a program, um, he was a recreation director at a veterans domiciliary after the second world war. And he would provide entertainment for, and that's what he did was during the war was a recreation director. So all of us kids, all eight kids um, performed at the uh, veterans domiciliary um, and the war veterans, and then also at nursing homes and also at church because my mother was an organist at a lot of different churches at the time. Um, so I was the youngest of eight. So I kind of came in at the tail end. My family fast forward, they moved to Canada. Um, and both my parents, uh, my mother was an organist and uh, music director at a lot of, a lot of different churches um, mm -hmm. at one time and taught music and performed. And they still had a dance band on the weekends. And yeah. And then how did I get into it? Well, yeah. How, how did you evolve into doing this as a career? Yeah. So I actually didn't think that I was going to make music my career. I, I was really interested in some other things. Um, and Which we're uh, going to talk about. We're going to talk about that. I got, I got a Barracuda thing I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I actually wanted to be an actress. I really wanted to go into theater. And uh, so um, I just kept getting gigs, you know, a lot of gigs and things like that. And I was um, taking voice at the U of A. And um, so I was a drama major, music minor. And, uh, but I just kept getting more and more music opportunities and not as many acting opportunities. And uh, then I, I started playing guitar and... Um, I ended up going to Grant McEwen and taking guitar, getting into the guitar program there. So I did guitar and, and then I uh, met a band. I met some guys and I said, they needed a singer. And I said, well, I would sing with them if they let me play guitar. And the guitar player in the band was so phenomenal. He was like incredible, right? So I was like there with my chords, my power <laughs> chords, you know, and he was like, you know. Um, but uh, we went on the road for five years and uh, that was, you know, instrumental. I, th I think that that's really where I learned the most about my, you know, about performing and that kind of yeah. thing. So the street smarts. 
Yeah, yeah. And also back then, we, when we were touring, it was in smoky bars and it was six nights a week. And uh, we hardly ever took time off, like maybe a couple of weeks out of a year, we would take time off. And we toured Western Canada. We even went up to the to um, Yellowknife and all over. Um, and uh, that was getting pretty tiring. And the bars were getting to sort of slowing down. They weren't as busy as they were. And so I um, uh, went back to Grant McEwen and finished because I hadn't actually finished my diploma there. So I went back and finished. And then um, uh, decided that I was going to do something else, like musically, not be in the band. And I got a job singing jazz at the, the Fairmont Hotel in Lake Louise. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and that I think really thank my mother for because my mother had me sing classical music and jazz. That's the only thing that I really sang with my mom. So I heard about this opening for a singer at, at the at Lake Louise, and I thought I'm going up there and I'm going to convince them that they should hire me. So I, I love just, that. Yeah. I'm going to convince them. Yeah, they should. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love. That. Well, and you know what? The funny thing is that there were people. I mean, I played at the Beverly Crest one week. This finished my last week with Barracuda. We were we were heavy rock like rock. So then the next week I was starting at Lake Louise singing jazz, completely different thing. And there were people that came up to Lake Louise and saw me and they, they said, they said, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> they thought that being in the, you know, doing the rock thing was much cooler than, than being in this dining room doing jazz. Although it was like, I loved it and it was fantastic. Yeah. Then I met my husband. Right. And my husband, the band that I was working with in Lake Louise was, was, was going on a cruise ship. And my husband was coming up every weekend to see me in Lake Louise. And he lived in St. Albert. And he said, you know, I was, I kind of had to make a decision between whether I was going to go um, on a cruise ship or whether I was going to get married. And I decided that this guy was a keeper. I had to do this. And so came back to St. Albert. My mom had been teaching music and my sister in St. Albert. So they had a you know, pretty big, like a lot of students. And um, my husband was into business and he's, and he, he said, why don't we start a music business? So with my mom's help, um, my mom was instrumental. She was definitely one of the founders of visionary performing arts. We could not have done it without her. Cause I didn't, you know, I, I had just come off the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she mentored me and she mentored a lot of people and was very inspiring. And, you know, um, and then here we are. Here we are. So am I safe to say that you were introduced to music from your family, your parents? Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Um, what? Who was your biggest influence growing up in the music industry? Who helped you shape your style of where you eventually kind of moved? Now I'm talking. I'm talking as a performer, not as an instructor or as uh, as as a children's entertainer. So let's go back to. <laughs> Let's go back to 32. And who was your, um, who was well, your? You know, what's really funny is, so our band were major Van Halen fans. Like we did a heart tribute. We, we, we did a heart tribute. And I was really influenced by the, by the vocals of, you know, Ann Wilson. That was definitely, you know, but. As that's far honestly as the only thing I know of is that yeah. kind of the poster in your room. Yeah. But the thing is that we, we were big Van Halen fans and David Lee Roth at the time was fronting Van Halen. And right. My and the guitar player in my band said, "You got to be a front person, a female version of David Lee Roth, because he is like the most um, magnificent front person. Like that was like, you know. So we would study Van Halen videos, and like how how David Lee Roth worked a crowd. I mean, it's like kind of bizarre, right? But right. Um, and so 
uh, that's kind of, that was an influence, but not so much a musical influence, but more of a performance influence. But Ann Wilson from Heart definitely was my, you know. Yeah. I loved those days. I really did. As much as I was stepping into a different a genre for me with you doing those cover tunes. Um, I will say they were very influential on me and it definitely, um, well, I, let's just say those pushed songs on us were well received at a later date for me because I've learned to respect that. So I give a thank you to you for saying, no, we're doing this song, whether you like it or not. And <laughs> we're going to do it. I love it. And you are a great front woman. Uh, I love, I love, I do love performing for you and I'm playing piano for you. Before we get into um, where you are now with children and your love of what you love doing the most on a day-to-day -day basis, I definitely see your heart flourishing um, the most when you are doing your element, Martha, in children. Uh, but before we go ahead and talk about that, I want to know what habit do you hate the most about other people? Complaining. I guess I'll stop. <laughs> I hate it in myself too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Children, why is it been so important for you to um, make it your mission, if you will, okay, to understand the, um, the benefit of music in children uh, developmental process, uh, all the work that you've done through kinder music and the classes that you've taken and the knowledge and the education that you know. I wanna know why have you made this a priority in your life right now? And um, what is something that you get out of it that you get from the experience, knowing that you're leaving an impact on a child at a young age knowing that the response and the result is going to be extra, like huge, even more than if they don't do music? Well, I've always loved kids, like always like adored, adored kids. So in my big family, my nieces and nephews were at my house a lot when I was growing up. So I have nieces and nephews that are anywhere from like four years younger than me to, you know, and, and so, so I, I love, love, love kids. And um, I did some children's entertaining when I was in university. And I did some, also my mom and my dad both did some kind of children's entertainment. Like we did some parties and things like that, right, as a family. But when I came back, one of the things um, that, like I, I actually had a lot of uh, struggles growing up with school and things like that. Like I had to work really hard at school and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I have ADHD, except it was never diagnosed. And um, so, yeah. And, uh, and as I started doing more studying about children, I mean, I, you know, doing more studying with children and um, the uh, the importance that music can have in terms of uh, brain development and helping children focus and helping them uh, just their brain, right? So the more that I started researching it, well, when I came back, I thought, you know what I really like to do? I really like to teach little kids. And I made, I just, I felt that. Like, it wasn't like, you know, when you just sit down and think about what you want to do, I thought, I really want to teach little kids, you know? So I started um, looking for a program that I could teach to little kids. And I came up I, and I uh, came across the Kadai program, which mm. at the time was, um, you know, it's based on the teachings of Zoltan Kadai and it's like Taz and TTs and that kind of thing. Um, and I did a lot of research into it. And I decided that this was the thing that was most congruent with the way that I thought um, kids would understand music. Mm -hmm. And uh, so 
I started, we started doing, and with my mom's help too. And my mom always said, you know, they, people underestimate children. She always said that. And she said, you know, kids are brilliant. She was like totally her philosophy, right? So with her help, um, I started teaching, you know, little kid groups. And she was one of the first people that ever had a music kindergarten, she used to call it, way back. Like my oldest brother is in his 70s. And so we're talking a long time ago before they ever took a picture of the brain and realized how much music helped children. So it was- um, Okay, so you have, you, you have like, you've, there's documents that we can see that actual image of the brain yeah reacting to the music in yes. It, right yes and 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 the reason for it is because of the way the brain is wired like um it, it the brain it's the filing system of the brain and how the brain is um makes patterns like patterns are easier to to remember than just random things right mm -hmm. and so one of the things that music helps children do is it helps them develop their filing system for learning for later and I read something the other day that said it takes 400 repetitions to memorize something, but if you're playing, it only takes 10. So if you're having fun doing it. And that's why there's probably songs that I can never learn because I don't enjoy them. Exactly, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, probably right, right? It makes so sense, true. it makes total yeah. sense. Yeah, um, but, um, and so, so, and, and, and over the years, you know, the more that I've studied, uh, I, I mean, I keep learning, I keep growing and, and learning about how much um, music helps brain development. It also, um, a lot of people don't realize that the musical ear undergoes the most development before people are seven. And so people will say somebody's talented or they'll say, but you know, myself, I don't know if I would have been so much into music if I hadn't actually grown up in a musical environment. I don't know, you know, like it was- Interesting, it was, interesting thought. And, um, but, uh, so that's the musical ears develop when people are little. And that's the thing that makes somebody a musician. Right. You can, you can teach your fingers how to do things. That's but phonologically, like, it's, 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 you know, Sorry, it's, you cut, you cut, I talked over you. What did you say? Well, I said, you know, people can learn how to move their fingers. Right. But it's like that intrinsic musicality, um, is something that, and some people are just born with it. Like some people really are, but if everybody is exposed to it, everybody will be musical. It makes okay. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You mean you become a product of your environment. If you're around yeah. a bunch of people who are negative, guess who's, if you're not strong enough, I guess you'll yeah. end up being negative at it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the thing is, the other thing about music, I just want to say this, is that it's the only activity that involves both parts of the brain. So like, because, and they've done studies with the brain about like, they did a, a brain study on Sting's brain and stuff like that, because the left and right hemisphere connect they go back and forth when people are experienced, when people are like they had Sting, I think, make up a composition in his mind and they watched what his brain did and it was going back and forth like this. Whereas a lot of other activities are either mathematical or, or, or language. I have a problem. So then I guess when I leave this stage, I'm a lot dumber than I was when I got on this stage. <laughs> Um, Martha, let's move on towards, um, why you have this lovely pink hair and how you decided to, um, take it one step further, or even at this point, now that you have, um, on a, a children's cartoon, small little network on YouTube, and you're stepping into that and branching out, uh, into children education through music. Um, how did Martha Messmaker come about? And then what is Martha Messmaker going to sing for us? Okay, so 
I've been, you know, you've done some of my kids' shows with me. You've done yes, the absolutely. I, I, should we, we should we mark should we mark it that I was a a frog at one point? <laughs> yeah. So so basically, the other show, the, the kids' show that, that we've done, were basically people just coming out to me and going, "Hey, would you come and entertain, or would you do this kids' show?" So we put a show together, and right. but um, so I was doing a show at the Fringe in the children's uh, Fringe a couple of years ago, two years ago. And I started thinking about it and I'm really, really thinking about a concept. And when I was little, I made a lot of messes. Like I, and I still do actually, I'm, I'm a pretty kind of a messy person. I have to really, really focus on not being messy and keeping organized, right? So my dad used to call me Martha Messmaker. And um, you know, it was, it was just like a thing. And then I, it just came to me. I was like, I need to call myself Martha Messmaker. That's the name. And so, the, so we, I built a show with the Fringe around this, um, uh, you know, person making messes, right? Like Martha Messmaker and I can't help it. And, and then I thought it really ties into like recycling and stuff like that, because in the, sh the first show that I did at the fringe, I was like throwing garbage away and all the, and I was getting the kids to say, Martha, clean up your mess. And then I was, oh yeah, I got to put this in recycling. So teaching about recycling as well at the same time and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, so, and then um, my daughter is in illustration or she's in um, design at the Alberta College. <laughs> Sorry, did you teach the kids to pay the $12 for the fringe ticket too? You have to get paid. <laughs> you know what, it was a, um, it was, I was actually commissioned through the kids oh. fringe. So it was a free show for the kids. Oh, bonus. This one, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do that in there. They have some programming like that that's free for the kids. So, um, so my daughter wrote this story about, uh, um, so Martha's house was so messy that nobody would come to her birthday party. And um, so she was, it was her birthday and she was having this big party and nobody came. And so she phoned everybody and they all made excuses. And then they said, well, actually the reason we're not coming to your party is your house is too messy. And um, so she, uh, you know, was really upset about that. And my daughter illustrated this whole book. Well, she's in the process of it. But, um, and then um, a couple of my friends came and we had so much fun doing all the things that we do, putting costumes on and all that, that we made so much noise that everybody could hear it in the whole town. And everybody was knocking on the door wanting to come to Martha's messy birthday. So that was the second year that I did that at the Fringe. That was a, a Fringe show. So it's sort of evolved. So cool. And then of course, I mean, you, we, we, you have to have, well, you don't have to, but I mean, children love the magic of, uh, make believe. So we have this. You have a different color. We have a green. What color wigs do you have that you've made? Well, I have, right what's now, what's I have her green image? One. What's her image? A green one and a pink one. A green one and a pink one. I was going to go with green all the time, but then sometimes I like to wear pink. <clears throat> and um, very pretty in pink. Uh, well, uh, you know, sometimes I, I prefer the. Uh, I really, my the green one is my is kind of my favorite one, but I like the pink for a variety. But um, I like the green because it works with the marketing for your cartoon. Yeah. Unless you change her hair too. Well, her hair is green actually in the cartoon. Well, yours yours is green. You have a green wig, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It works unless yeah, you yeah. change her hair in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? The, and the cartoon was done by my my daughter's boyfriend, who's also in um, design. Um, and it was so kind good. of like a little it's experiment. So good. Yeah. But we're doing all different kinds of videos. Like I've got one coming out next week that I'm I uh, I uh, have a whole bunch of our kids that have been in summer camps. Um, are in and they're they're dancing in it because it's a dance video. I've been getting more into movement videos lately. Cool. And uh, and we've been teaching online early childhood. So 
The other thing I'm going to get to that in a minute. I have, okay. I have, I, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I think it's time to hear you sing because we are, you know it's, we could go talk forever, but we only have 20 minutes left. I'm, I'm not doing a kid's song though. No, I know that. I know. Okay. I know. Okay, good, good. Because, <laughs> um, I figured our audience at eight o'clock is probably not that many kids. No, they're adults watching right now and then replay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to get awareness that we need to get more adults and parents putting kids in music but although i do think that i'm gonna start wearing a wig all the time i like it no i'm just kidding hey hey i i think it's fabulous i mean <clears throat> i mean let's hear like what more than old mcdonald at 8 30 at night right yeah really yeah so um i'm gonna do a song my brother wrote and my brother What's was brother's name john antle and where and can people find anything about this guy well he passed away and know, so a long time ago like 40 years ago and uh, a phenomenal musician yeah yeah and uh so we've been re his music has been resurfacing because i had this incredible experience of somebody calling me um about four months ago that had a whole collection of his music recorded from when he was at the regina folk festival and uh he okay. said that he was cleaning through his archives and he wanted me to, so th he had like a hundred songs recorded. Some of them are duplicates. So maybe about like probably 60 different songs recorded. So, but anyway, so this is a song that my brother wrote that is called Alberta Lady. And he, um, he moved to Toronto and uh, left a love behind. I'm going to stand up if that's okay. Just because I... Leaves on the trees turn a yellow-orange color And my mind slips back to the green Sunny Alberta, so far from Toronto Yet nearer by far you see Said Alberta lady I wish you were near me and I wouldn't be singing that song. Yet the green of our spring love is turning to autumn now that I had to be gone. of Toronto, the cobble and crazy, the subways and eternal nights. It's a strange way of living, strange way of dying, just makes Alberta seem brighter, brighter, brighter. Said Alberta lady, I'm glad you can't see me walking these streets in the cold. There's a warm inside a tropical tide of love that'll never go cold. Do 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 do. 
The trees know their time, their own rhythm rhyme, and they know that their leaves must fall. Like you and me on the ebb of our sea, the high and the low tides they call. Said Alberta lady, I wish you were near me and I'd have other songs to sing. As my day turns to night, I can see there will be brighter times when it's melt into spring. Do, 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 do. Thank you, Thank Martha. You. Thank you, all those people clapping. Right? We have, they're clapping today. They haven't been clapping before, so. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just trying to figure this out here. Sure, we'll do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just two seconds here, Martha. Oh, here we go. I know. <laughs> Found it. Okay. Um, beautiful song. And if, so, if, pe if people wanted to hear that song again, uh, they can find that on they can find that on YouTube, right? Well, that one's not on YouTube. There's a couple of other ones that are. Okay. And they're there. So I have a YouTube channel, Martha Livingstone. Yep. And my brother's music is on there, and it's called John Antle. John Antle Schuhart, okay. actually. Yeah, but it's on Martha Livingstone. My Martha Messmaker channel is my kids' channel. Right. So that's all. So if okay, so YouTube would just be YouTube.com/slash Martha Messmaker. Yeah, for the kids stuff. For yeah. the kids stuff, all children's entertainment. Yeah. And then for yeah. your own musician channel is Martha Livingstone. Yes. And you can find uh, John's music on that. Yeah. But you know what, Curtis? I was hoping that everybody in the audience would sing Baby Shark with me. Right now? Yeah. We can do that. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was ready to do it. It's fun to do only Donald had a farm. But. Um, okay. Uh, okay, I want to wrap up as much as we can. I wish we could do for like two hours, one day. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a talk show and that'll take over a music career that I don't know if I have or not. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> who was your first concert and where was it and how much were the tickets? Oh, God, I don't know, Curtis. I don't remember. I think it was Kiss. I think Kiss was my first concert. And where was it? Well, now that I think about it, it was during now. Okay, now it came back to me. I went with my brother, my like my other brother, not the brother that plays guitar, but my other brother. Uh, and it would have been um, at the uh, old Rexall place. And I don't remember how much your tickets were, but you know what? It probably wasn't too expensive because we didn't have tons of cash. So it wasn't like now. It wasn't like 200 bucks for a ticket or something. Right. You know. Sweet. Um, what is your favorite sound? Violin. What is it? I'm, okay, they're all music answers here. I'm wanting to go outside the box. <laughs> oh, okay. My favorite sound. Oh, uh, probably a, a, a river. A what? River. A river. Oh, yeah. I thought you said a river. I'm like, what's a river? <laughs> a river. A river. Like the sound river, of a river. river. 
like a, a, a like a river. If you're on the, you know, in the mountains in Alberta. A boat, <laughs> a river. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is your least favorite sound? Uh, uh, a siren, like a like an emergency siren. Okay. I, you have to, I don't know if you've watched or not, but I, I interviewed Jesse uh, Mossop a couple weeks ago. You have to listen to her answers for some of these questions. It's quite funny. You know what I did watch? I, I did tune in, but I only heard her sing. I didn't, I didn't tune in. I wasn't there for the whole time. I missed her. her oh, no. I mean, that's the beauty of being able to replay when you're sick in bed. You can watch whatever you want. Yeah. How old were you when you did your first live show? Oh, probably four. And did people pay to get in? No. Ah, the start of a career. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We start being made. What is your worst experience in high school? Like musical or, or otherwise? No, anything. Anything. There's a fly. Uh, are there kids in the audience? Um, no, not watching. Uh, they may, maybe later. Okay, I, I can't tell you my worst experience. <laughs> hey, let's leave it at that. What is your most happy experience in high school? Uh, hmm. Uh, I liked high school. I had a good time in high school, but I just, I can't think of any particular really <laughs> you may be the only person who enjoyed high school yeah i know right i really did i i really did have a good time in high school i enjoyed high i enjoyed certain grades of high school in yeah. that area you know 11 was not my greatest 10 and 12 were i did not like I wanna, I, i'm going to tell you a bad experience i had when i was in high school performing though okay um so i was singing the anthem at a, a junior hockey game because my parents were really involved in hockey and uh so this was um you know, these guys were about 17, 18, and, and I was probably about 16. So they were my peers, right? And I thought I was going to go out there and just, you know, be so cool. And these guys are all good looking, all lined up. So I go out on the ice and I fall on my, my butt on the ice. Like I'm talking like, like I slip and just, you know, and everybody starts laughing, like hysterically, <laughs> right? And uh, so then I had to, you know, compose myself and go up and, you know, sing the anthem and pretend I was all cool, right? And uh I was telling one of my students that, you know, these things, don't worry about them because people forget, right? Like if you make a mistake or they'll forget, right? So then I was at a, a, a party like last year and somebody said to me, remember when you fell on the ice when you sang the anthem? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we're talking 40 years ago. Those people are important because they remind us. We have to have those people come up and ask us. Well, they um, thought it was funny, and I really, and I didn't take myself serious. I thought it, but at the time it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Like I had a cool. Uh, I have never slipped on the ice to sing, but I'm have messed up with lyrics before. Um, you had talked about hockey. Just a fun fact that we, I think, is a great thing. You have a lot of people in your family and extended family that do so much, Martha, for the community and um give back that they have been uh, rewarded uh in remuneration or with um 
just just appreciation and one fun fact um i just would i, I just think it's totally cool that your nephew is jerome mcginla from the uh, from the calgary flames um who has i've seen your support from him and him supporting uh it's just absolutely amazing so your family is is you guys have a lot of really good um, energy and love that you give. And I have been happy to experience that for. Can I tell you some fun fact? Yeah. I've got a video of Jerome singing at the Arden Theater for the Rotary Music Festival. Does he know you have a video of that? Yeah. He's we're talking, okay, folks, we're talking Jerome McGinley from the Calgary Flames. Where is love? Where is love from Oliver? Oh, where is love? Oh my God. Can you please send that? That's great. Um, <laughs> okay. We have 10 minutes here. I have a few more questions. Um, what is your favorite band? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, good choice. Uh, least favorite band. ZZ Top. <laughs> Do you see the audience? <laughs> they love ZZ Top, right? Right? <laughs> they love ZZ Top, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite artist? Um, as in as in vocalist or uh, uh as in singer, artist, like a, a musician yeah. in the mainstream. Uh at the moment? Yeah, at the moment, I guess. I think I really well, you know, I love Billie Eilish. I'm just hooked on Billie Eilish right now. And who is your least favorite artist who you do not like right now? Hmm. See, and that's the best thing. Music is music. We're allowed to like and not like. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much where it draws in line. And you know what? I actually don't hate ZZ Top. I'm just kidding. I just No, no. I mean, hey, look, I, there's things I don't like. <laughs> um you can hate it <laughs> it just i i uh oh let me see uh probably Nicki minaj other pink hair other pink hair you know what it's only because um i think uh, you know and then that's not even i i really like a lot of artists a lot and so yeah. it's not even like she's like i don't hate her it's just she's probably my least favorite Words of wisdom to leave us by before I let you out of the room. Hmm. Do something that scares you every day. I love it. What scared you today? Coming on here. <laughs> you know what scared me today? I didn't know if you got the information for the Zoom account. Well, actually, honestly, Curtis, I, do, I was in Calgary this today. And I was actually going to, I was thinking about calling you and telling you maybe I just stop in Red Deer and do it live from Red Deer on my way. I was, I was thinking about it, but then I had to get back to St. Albert to get some. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was driving right through Red Deer and I was thinking, geez, I should just come over there. But you know what? I'm right here. Yeah. I'd love to come and do that. <laughs> right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Martha Livingstone, Martha Messmaker. I love your pink hair. Your songs were great. Uh, thank you for sharing all of your fun tidbits about things that you did in your life with music and the things you like and don't like. We know you a little bit more now. The audience knows you. People get to replay this. And um, I hope that you are staying safe during COVID and you are following whatever practices that deem fit for you. Thank you so much for having me, Curtis. Curtis, I love Curtis. you. Big hug. I love you too. Big hug. <laughs> Doing lots of those. Thanks, Martha. Things.
And thank you everybody for, for watching. Thanks. See you. Bye. You'll, I think you might have to edit your, uh, take yourself out. Okay. Thank you, Martha. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's Chatting 88 at 8 with your host, Curtis LaBelle. Oh, I went to go play the piano and it's turned off. That's what happens when it's electronic. If you would like to see somebody that I want, that you want to see me interview, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, isms, idiosyncrasies, ideas, choices, decisions, or changes, let me know. Love you. I'm out. Thanks, guys. That's our show for today. Thank you for tuning in to Chatting 88's at 8 podcast with your host, Curtis LaBelle. And remember, you're only as good as the last thing that you do. So own every minute of what you put out.